Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Glover's Talk, Somerset Live's weekly podcast discussing all things Yeovil Town Football Club. How many panellists have I got this week? Well, I've got one plus one, that's two. Plus one, that's three. <laughs> Quick maths. So I've got Stephen Dalbiat, the sports reporter, he's here. And I've got Mike Taylor, who's always with us as well. He's a, he's a new convert to Yeovil yeah. Town and the Glovers this year. Hello, both of you. I can't, I can't just explain what just happened there. I really can't. Yeah, we've been having some quick maths discussion before the start of the podcast today. So what does the team go, Liam? No, no. We're cracking on with the We're cracking on, okay, yeah. Let's crack on with the football Don't forget, guys, that, you know, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, but if you actually enjoy listening to this, you know, some of you might, then do subscribe to us on iTunes and Audio Boom so you don't miss an episode of Glover's Talk. And also don't forget that all of Stephen's coverage of Yeovil Town and sport more generally in Somerset is on somersetlive.co.uk forward slash sport. Right, so we've got a fair bit to discuss. As always this week, we're going to be discussing... Old Town's result against Crew at the weekend, where they went to Crew and picked up a nil-nil draw. Hopefully, uh, that's a good result for the Glovers. But we'll be discussing whether a point was enough, really, given that Crew are, are down there in the relegation mix as well. We'll be discussing a couple of injuries which came out of that game for Yeovil, which could have an impact on a crucial run of fixtures coming up. And we'll also be discussing the magic of the Checker Trade Trophy, which Mike and I discovered last week when we went to watch Yeovil yeah. beating Fleetwood Town at Hewish Park. And we'll also be discussing the sad news that a, a famous footballer with a link to Yeovil Town is, is being forced to retire. And we'll look ahead to huge matches against Barnet and Stevenage. Right, so that's a packed agenda. Oh, and don't forget, there will be a quiz. Well um, let's discuss that crew draw then, Stephen. You made the trip up to the north to watch that match at the weekend. And have, I have to say, having watched the highlights, uh, it looked like Yeovil were riding their luck a bit at times. There was maybe a penalty shout where crew could have had a pen. Then, I mean, Zoko had a chance later on. Yo, looked like they maybe grew into the match a bit. What What was your impression having covered it? Um, I think a point was a good result. I think, obviously going there, I think they were a team were confident they could get three points. But when you go away to a team with a five points below you on the table and you come away with a point, the gap hasn't um, reduced between you. And um, I think given the way that the game panned out, I think I'll be happy with a point because Crew for the majority of that game, were the best team, particularly in the first half. They had a real good spell 10-15 minute spell in the first half where they put Yeovil to the sword and really probably should have scored one or two goals in that time. They hit the bar of a free kick early in the second half. They um, had a corner that almost dropped into the net. They'd asked Krizak not just managed to scramble out of the last moment. Yeah, incredible. They didn't score straight from a corner. Yeah, and, um, and of course there is the um, penalty shout which having seen the replay, Yeovil really did get away with that one as well. So um, they did ride their luck but I think... If you look at the way that the season has gone, there have been plenty of games where Yeovil haven't had the rub of the green. And I think, you know, these things do tend to even themselves out. So I think they, they rode their luck. But I think it may have been a nil-nil. Crew may have probably, or Crew were the better team throughout the 90 minutes. But apart from sort of a few long-range efforts, they didn't really test either goalkeeper that much. So I think really from that point of view, you could say, did, I'm not sure Crew actually did enough to deserve to win the game. But I think Yeovil... 
if Yeovil had um, had won the match, it would have been very, very fortunate. So I think a draw is a fair result, and I think it, it it's good because it keeps their unbeaten record alive, and it leaves them in a, with a good um, platform going into the Barnet game this evening. Absolutely, that is a big game. Yeah, so we are obviously recording this, as Stephen has alluded to there on. February the 13th, Pancake Day, no less. Uh, so Stephen will be covering the Barnet match this, this evening. But of course, you may be listening to this after the Barnet match. Let's hope that you have already got three points under their belt by that time. And as, as always, I just remind people of, of the League 2 table. Yeovil were in 18th position at the moment. After 31 matches, they've got 35 points. And in their last three games, they've won two, drawn one. So that's, that's not bad going. Uh, but as as Stephen has pointed out before, you know that is against teams they would hope to pick up points against. Crew, who were the, the opponents at the weekend, they're in twenty first. Same number of games played as Yeovil, but they've got five fewer points, which is obviously great news for Yeovil, keeping Crew down there in the mixer. And then you've got Forest Green Rovers in twenty second, just above the relegation zone on twenty nine points. And then it's Chesterfield on twenty seven points and Barnet on twenty five points in those bottom two. Relegation slots. Now we've mentioned that possible penalty for Crew, which they obviously didn't get. I think we've all had the chance to see that now on the replay. And Mike, would would you have given that? Yeah, no, sure. I would have. Even if uh, even if I am on a York Town forecast, I would have probably said yeah, that's a penalty because that uh, handball was. Uh, um, I don't know if it was accidental, but he, it was clearly shown. I don't think he pulled his arms away to mm. uh, maybe block it, but uh, the way. I don't know how the referee didn't miss it. Uh, didn't didn't see it really. It's just uh, it's it a really, crazy crazy decision. It's in it, a clear line of sight for the ref, isn't it? I mean, you could say maybe there are a few players in between him and the ball. Yeah, but yeah, you can clearly see the path of the ball changes direction. It bounces down after hitting his hand. Mm. Stephen again, you know, as Mike's just we're all sort of pro Yeovil here, but I, I mean, I do think Yeovil did get away with one. There. Yeah, I mean, you have to have an element of balance to it, and yes, it, it was a penalty. Yeah. I don't think anybody can uh, can really <laughs> deny about having seen it. Um, I, I, and I think the the other telling thing was the reaction of the crew players because the way they surrounded the referee, they'd obviously knew that um, Swimney had um, had hit the ball um, or. Had, Make contact with his hand, it and um, it's one of those things. But if if yeah. if it hadn't hit his arm, then the crew players would not have reacted in that way. I think it, it was a clear penalty. But like we said, you know, Yeovil have been on the receiving end of a few decisions that haven't gone their way this season. A really notable example recently was the penalty at Port Vale, which wasn't a penalty, which Omar Swimley himself gave away. So you 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 do see these things begin to even mm. themselves out over the course of a season. So. You know, sometimes you um, sometimes you get that luck, and sometimes you don't. And Yeovil got the um, Yeovil rode their luck at times on Saturday. I think absolutely, it's sort of the the gods of football, the karma levels of football, they just sort of even out over a season, don't they? I mean, it's very rare. I think that you can have too many complaints at the end of a season. You've got to give referees and the officials credit where where credit is due, and they, they do mostly do a good job. You know, shoot me for saying that, I know guys, but you know, let's give them some credit. Alright, so obviously Arter in goal for Yeovil, he's been a big figure all season. He has made some big mistakes in recent games, but he made some great saves looking back at the highlights yeah. of this crew match. Some really good blocks where he's made himself big and there's others where he's thrown himself up in the air, been a bit acrobatic. And it's both him and Nathan Smith who have picked up injuries after that crew match, Stephen. So what what do we know about those injuries now and how crucial could they be? OK, well, it's been standing. So we're, we're recording this before the Barnett game. Um, they both suffered leg injuries. Nathan Smith was an impact one. He um, put his leg up to block a, um, a shot by Jordan Bowery in the first half and it just caught his leg. And I think jarred it 
and he went off at half time. Um, Krizyak's injury was, you'll see if you see the highlights, if you went up the game, it was a free kick that hit the bar. I think as he dived, he's landed awkwardly and he's done something to his knee, which has um, ruled him out. Now, my understanding is the um, injuries aren't serious. They're not going to be, they're not long term injuries for either player. But of course, with the Barnet game being so close to the crew game, they have to be considered doubtful for that one. But I think, yes, it'll be a blow if you overall lose Arta Krizyak for a few weeks. but at the same time, it's a great opportunity for Johnny for Johnny Madison to come in and show how good he is because he did replace Krizyak um, towards the end of last season and um, and he generally performed pretty well. So um, I'd have no qualms about Madison playing. I think he's a he's a good, talented young keeper. Um, yes, he's raw. Yes, he hasn't had a huge amount of football, but I think. I'd be pretty confident with him in goal that you know he's not going to do anything rash or do anything stupid. He's not going to cost the overall a huge number of points. You know he is a solid keeper, and as we saw on Saturday when he came on, he made a very good save himself mm. from um, Callum Ainley to um, keep the score level. So um, I think that bodes well. And I think when you consider that the last first team appearance that Johnny Madison made was the final day of last season, he's not made a single appearance. He's not even the Czech Trade Trophy. Nothing to come in and you know under that pressure having played no football and make a crucial save like that you know it shows a lot of character from him and um, I think that if he's given a run of games or if he has to play for the next few games I think that you know you can be pretty confident that he's not going to let Yeovil down so um, I think yes it'll be a blow to lose Krizyak but um, I don't think it will be as big a blow as some people may think if you just look at the games that he has played Good, all right. Well, that's reassuring to hear that Madison's got some good qualities. Just before we move on to discuss the checker trade, I just wanted to, you know, of the crude game, if we take aside how it actually went, Stephen, if we looked at that fixture on paper beforehand, would we agree it feels like two points dropped for Yoga? I'm not, I'm not sure it does, because I think if they'd lost the game, it would have been a huge blow to them. But again, you keep... You keep these teams in crew of five points below Yeovil going into the game. They're still five points below Yeovil, so they haven't lost any ground to them. You also have to um, take into account the fact that the Chesterfield and Morecambe game and the Forest Green Newport games are both postponed, so neither of those teams played on Saturday. So for Yeovil to pick up a point means they pull a point further clear of them, and they had a game in hand on those two teams as well. So effectively, they've played their game in hand that they had on them. And they've pulled another point clear of them. So I think if you look at the way that the other results went, the games that weren't played, the fact you overall got a point against a team that they are fighting um, with to stay in the division, I think, yes, we would have wanted more. Yes, I think, you know, you would have felt going into that game, they could have won it. But I don't think you can ever complain of a point away from home, you know, because... That's the thing that Yeovil were really struggling to do at the start of the season. They were going away and being beaten quite well. And they've really, you know, improved that side of their game in recent weeks. They've only lost one of their last five away games, I think it is. And they are beginning to pick points up on the roads. It may not be the wins that fans are wanting, but if you're picking up points, if you're picking up draws away from home and then you're winning the games you have at home, then it leaves you in a good position going forward. So, no, I think at the end of the day, I think it was a pretty good result for Yeovil. That's, that's good, it's good, a nice positive spin on that, and I think you're right with Yeovil's away record, nice to see them get a point at least on the road, but I guess as, as we have discussed on this podcast a lot, there is a tough run of fixtures at the end of the season for Yeovil, so they've got to make sure they're beating their rivals. Right, uh, let's discuss that checker trade win against Fleetwood Town, oh, yes. which sent the Glovers into the semi-final where they'll take on Shrewsbury, and we'll discuss some positive ticket news for that one. Uh, in a moment, but I just wanted to discuss having gone along with, with my colleague Mike here, yes. Stephen was obviously covering it 
in, in the press box, but we went along as fans, and £6 to get in, Mike, it was a cracking night of entertainment, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I don't know why we knock the Checker Trade trophy. I don't know why we knock it, because it went another game away from going to Wembley, it's great. No, it was really good. Um, it was a nice atmosphere, a little bit of snow in the air, uh, £6 entry, and uh, they conveniently got all the tickets for, uh, which meant that we were just metres away from you, Stephen. I think so, yeah, you yeah, were, you were a few, few rows down, weren't you? It was yeah. a great time in the screw fix stand that we had, wasn't it? And I mean, <laughs> it was just a fantastic game to watch in the end because it felt like Yeovil were letting it slip away, conceded a sort of soft goal from oh, a yeah. set piece. Then they, they managed to nick one back from the, exactly the same The score. own goal, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So the guy scored at both ends, which is always fun anyway. And then, obviously, Yeovil taking the lead, looking quite good, actually, and then Arthur did make a mistake to let Fleet Yeah, it spell, spells into the keeper, but we've... I think at that point everyone was quite jubilant we were like okay we'll just hold this off yeah. until 90 minutes I think and... in the second half Yeovil were sort of bossing it weren't they really? oh yeah yeah Fleetwood I think you could see, see the League One team they were they were very um, clever with their passing with their movement um, you could see there was a bit of a difference in yeah. quality wasn't there to yeah. start with yeah Pep Guardiola-esque triangles they were forming as well. It's <laughs> the, the first party. time and probably the last time we've ever heard Pep Guardiola and Fleetwood Tower yeah. mentioned in the a same breath. Generous, De- generous yeah. yeah, but we've seen the movement and yeah, you were, you were, uh, your eyes were fixed to the the Yossi Ben Oyun. Oh, they had a Yossi Ben Oyun look. Yeah, number twenty three, yeah. I think it was. Which I can't, well, I can't. Even on the spot there. No, Might have been Schwabel, was it? Possibly. He went know, off for it. Yeah, I think, I think I see yeah, it. Was, yeah. uh, made, but no, it, was, it was a really entertaining game. And the greatest thing about it was that we got a 90th minute winner. The last minute winner. You abs- can't beat it, can Yeah, the absolute scenes. We were, you know, everyone was jumping, arms waving. It was, it was absolutely brilliant. We, thought we were heading for the penalty shootout as well. So there yeah, was like it was that drama. It was absolutely, actually, really at the end. And I think for the fact that it was six quid, it was, what, each goal was like £1.20. I thought it was the best value for money I've had it I'll probably get pages <laughs> and that's no, what yeah. happens when you go into the Emirates four or five times a year oh yeah 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 when you go to the Emirates <laughs> and you see like a nil-nil you know and you, you spend 40 quid for your ticket and it you're was like, a oh, really God. good oh, night I, I, and I think you know to just back up what Mike has said I, I, I totally accept you might go on to say Stephen that the Checker Trade trophy has obviously got some flaws in its format with the bigger teams <laughs> having their their younger sides in it and also a kind of weird group stage system but I think once you get into the knockout stages and you're just a few games away from yeah. Wembley, it's just like any other chance to get to Wembley. It's very exactly. exciting. Yeah. I, think, I think the key thing is now that all the under-21 teams are out of the competition and I think that gives it more credibility and mm. because I think a lot, of the, um, a lot of fans are unhappy at the inclusion of under-21 teams in the competition and I think it's a valid criticism because there's no real purpose to them being there, if you ask me. Um, the fact that Yeovil now know if they beat Shrewsbury and get to Wembley, they're playing Lincoln City. You know, it's going to be a good atmosphere there. It's going to be a good game at Wembley. And I think when you get to the semi-finals of any competition, you have to try and win it because, you know, the, the chance to win silverware when you're a League Two club doesn't come around very often. And they've done well to get to this stage. I think they should go to Shrewsbury and give it absolutely everything yeah, they can to try and get to Wembley because if they do that, it will only be the third time in the club's history that they've been to Wembley. And... It'll be a great occasion, a great day out for the fans, and um, then I think tell us about he, what they're doing for the fans. Yeah, and I think it's a really good initiative. I think, well, there's two things really. I think firstly, you've got to give credit to Shrewsbury because they've capped all tickets for the semi-finals at five pounds for adults, wow. which is really good because Even better than our that now. means that. Oh, yeah. Well, it, it means that you're going to get fans in. It's going to be a good attendance. And there's no secret that the Checker Trade Trophy does struggle to attract large attendances. So mm. that hopefully will help, you know, address that balance yeah. and get more supporters in. Yeah. But the other thing, and I think you really have to give Yeovil credit for this, is the fact that 
all of their coach travel to the game is being subsidised by the club and so fans only have to pay a maximum of £15 to go to the game and uh, that's um, that's a really really good thing because to go to Shrewsbury on a Tuesday night you know it's not a trip that's, that's easy for a lot of people to make and so if a club can help out by chipping in some of the money themselves and uh, making it easier for those people to to get up to Shrewsbury on the night and cheer on the team then that can only be a good thing and um, it means that with travel and tickets you're only paying £20 to see what could potentially could be a game that could get you over to Wembley and I think that's really good value for money and um, a really good gesture on the um, part of the club as well. Yeah, of course, yeah. I'm going to add a brief note of realism before we move on, just the scale of, of the task facing Yeovil in that semi against Shrewsbury because Shrewsbury is second in League One, second only to Wigan who have basically been playing like they deserve to be back in the Championship this year mm. and also Shrewsbury, they, they got a draw of West Ham, didn't they, at home in the FA Cup a few weeks ago so it's a big task for Yeovil but to end on that lifting note again Yeovil did obviously beat Bradford in the FA Cup and Bradford are only four places behind Shrewsbury in, in League yeah. 1 it's, it's, it's five League. games against League 1 teams this season and five wins exactly so, so what, what is, what's the sick for really let's dare to dream right but right let's move on then we've got a lot to get through still uh, I want to briefly just uh, pay tribute really to, to Ryan Mason who just before we, we went on air today, has announced that he's going to be retiring from football. And of course, he's, he's probably best known for spells at places like Hull City, and that's where he picked up his injury, isn't it? But he's got that Yeovil link as well, Stephen. Yeah, he was on loan here as a, I think he was an 18 year old in 2009. Um, in really, really great player, really talented player. Really enjoyed watching him when he was down here. And um, it's a real shame because he was a really talented Footballer obviously broke into the Tottenham team quite late under Maurizio Pochettino, but you know he was a really you know solid midfielder. Is what he what he became. Um, you know he went to Hull City last season, established himself as a really key man there. Obviously won an England cap at Tottenham as well, and um, you know he really looked like his career was um, was only going to progress from there. And it's always a real shame when you see a career end in the way that it did because it was just uh, one of those you know horrible freak accidents that sometimes can happen on the football pitch and um, I mean, all I can say is you know I, is to wish him the very best for the future and hope that you know if he mm. wants to that he um, remains in the game in some form because you never want to see careers cut short and yeah. um, if he can go on and um, have a career in the game in some way other than as a player then um, I wish him the very best of luck with that mm. Absolutely, it's especially worrying when it's when it's a head injury like that isn't it? He's only 26 as well I mean that's yeah. and he had obviously he, a pony appeared once for England, but it could have been more possibly had his career taken off. Maybe he had a bit more luck with it. You just don't know, do you? Yeah. I think he he was um he, he was definitely one of the better players in the whole team last season yeah, before he got injured. And um, I think you know it's it's no um it's not you know unfair for me to say that he probably would have gone on to another Premier League team yeah. had Hull gone down with him in the team. Been that's yeah. that's by no means uh you know a given given the how important he was to them as well yeah great yeah and staying on a more sombre note and closer to home again uh, this one obviously an ex-coach uh, and who had a long association with Yeovil Town died last week Stephen and I understand there's plans to pay tribute to him at, at the Carlisle game. yeah so this is um, Morris O'Donnell who um, he had three separate spells with the club I mean through I think it's from 1958 to 2006 you know he was, spent about 35 years in total across three spells of the club and he was a real stalwart he was um you know he held pretty much every role 
um, that, you, that you can, you know, from player to um, reserve and youth team manager. He became caretaker manager. And of course, more uh, latterly, he was part of the coaching team that helped Yeovil win the conference in League One and um, and really establish themselves in the Football League. And I know that, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of fans, you know, have only got fond memories of him. And it's, um, you know, it's a sad time. But um, yes, the club are going to be paying tribute to him at the um, Carlisle game. There's going to be a minute's applause in um, in his honour, there's going to be a tribute in the programme, and I think his family are attending as well. So mm. hopefully, you know, it's a, be a, good to see you know uh, somebody who you know is really maybe not a huge name, but certainly somebody who played a really really vital part in the history of the club. You know, be um, be recognised and uh, see his life celebrated in that way. I think it'd be really good to see. Absolutely right. He's, he's given the credit he deserves, isn't it? And, um, and what what date is that Carlisle game? Uh, so it's a week on Saturday, so it'll be the 24th of February. That, so. right. We'll look out for yeah. that one. Uh, right, um, it's obviously on Saturday is the big match against Barnet, who are currently rock. Are you sure? To, yeah, is that not right? No, it's tonight, it's Stephen isn't it? no, Saturday. Stephen is Saturday, Tuesday tonight. Oh, oh well, Liam. Barnet, anyway, Barnet is the next game, and it's a huge game because they're rock bottom, aren't they, Stephen? So it's uh, it's going to be very important that hopefully Yeovil, especially at home, pick up three points. Yeah, I so, think, um, well, so if you beat Barnet... That, there's gonna, we're going to have a quiz, Stephen, before yeah. we discuss that any yeah. further. It's got a bit of a Barnet theme. Who's the most famous Barnet player ever? I was going to say John Akindig, you know, he's our best player now, but I... No. It's, Edgar, it's Edgar David, wasn't it? Edgar oh, David. of course. Edgar David. Of course, how so do I've I... Got, <laughs> I've got five questions. This is boding well for you, Mike, so far. On Edgar David, here. Wow. And obviously, Mike has won a few more victories in the quiz in recent weeks, so let's see if he can keep his turnaround going. Edgar Davids, Captain Barnet. In his second game as Barnet manager, well slash player manager, and he was man of the match in a four 0 win. Who did they beat in that game? Rochdale. Rochdale Tranmere. It's a tough one to open with. It's actually Northampton Town. When? Okay. Did, Good when, to see you starting off with some easy ones. <laughs> okay. Here, when yeah. did Davids resign as Barnet manager? Oh, 2014. I'll go go as close as you can, as precise as you can with the date. It can be around January 2014, I reckon. You, any advance on that? I know it's January. All right, you're going to give me, yeah, give January me, 2012, give me yeah. a date. 25? 25? January the 15th. Yeah, January 25th, 2012. Stephen's won this one. It's January 18th, 2014. Oh. So that's not bad from Stephen at all. Okay, David started his playing career. Which club? Ajax. Mike recently visited Ajax's stadium. So I wasn't going to let you uh, not get that one. Though. <laughs> okay. David's never won the World Cup with Holland, but what was his highest finish? So, fourth place. Yeah, it's fourth place. Stephen, correct. Fourth place in, in 1998. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And there's two points available for this question. So, I'll, if you could each get one, or you could, but one of you could get both points. Right. If you were trying to get to Barnet Stadium, which two underground lines would be best to use? Oh, for goodness sake. Um, Edgware Road. Oh, not stations, lines. Oh, um, the Northern Line and the Bakerloo Line. He's got one of the two. It's the Northern Line and the Jubilee Line. So oh. it's quite a comprehensive victory for Stephen this week. A 3-1 quiz win. How did you, I'm sorry, how do you know your tubes like that? I guess for Northern World because it's in North London. That, so. right, but also, <laughs> but last, I last year no. when Stephen visited the Barnet for, for the away fixture, he did, 
did ask my advice on getting there as I used to live. Yeah, oh. not realising at that point they'd moved from Barnet to Edgware. Yeah. Did you watch Edgware when I thought it was a tube oh, station? All right. Yeah, it's yeah, good. I've been it's humbled. Good, good retention of knowledge on, on the tube lines there, Stephen. <laughs> right, okay, so let's just briefly then discuss the Barnet game, which is on Tuesday, and the Stevenage game on Saturday. I stand corrected on that. Can Yeovil get six points from these two games? I think they have to aim for a win um, against Barnet. Yeah. I think anything other than a win will be a disappointing result, and it, it's a massive, massive game. There's no, no two ways about that. They may be ten points ahead of Barnet at the moment. If they win it, they'll go thirteen points clear of them. And you think, you know, thirteen points clear, fourteen games to go, uh, it's going to be an incredibly tough ask for Barnet to catch you over. And then at that point, you're pretty much playing for one relegation spot mm. if you're Yeovil. And um, you can also begin to look up the table as well. If you lose to Barnet, that gap goes down to seven points. And all of a sudden, when you've got a tough final 10 games to to come, then it gets a bit more nervy for you. So they have to aim for a win in this game. I think it's, it's probably the biggest game they've had all season. If they win it, you know, they, they put themselves in a good position and um, can look up. And um, I think uh, what would be a sweet... Um, what would be a real sweetener if they could win it is the fact that their Barnet are managed by Graham Wesley and um, you don't you know, need to be a huge expert on low league football to know what most uh, fans think of Graham Wesley so it would be quite a nice one to get one over on him as well I would say Fantastic, right so Mike let's have your prediction for both the Barnet and the Stevenage game so. I think the Barnet game tonight would be probably a 2-0 Yeovil win Optimistic And then uh, Stevenage 1-1 um, and you, Stephen? I think it'll be a tight game tonight because uh, this, this game has huge importance to Barnet as well as for um, for Yeovil. So I think uh, they'll, they'll give it a good go. I, I can see it being a 1-0 or a 2-1 to, um, to Yeovil. Um, and I echo Mike on um, Stevenage, I think 1-0 or a 0-0. I think they can go over and get a point. Stevenage haven't been in fantastic form lately. They're a lot further down the table than they were when, when Yeovil played them earlier in the season. So I can see a point from that one too. So four points we think for Yeovil from you. I think four points would be a good good return, yeah. All right, let's hope for that then. Thank you very much for listening to Glover's Talk as always. As I said at the start, don't forget to go to iTunes and Audio Boom to subscribe. And don't forget that somersetlive.co.uk is the place to look for all our match reports and more content on Yeovil Town. Uh, We'll see you next time. Ben jij prijsbewust? Nu extra MB's bij de Huawei P Smart. Voor 14,50 per maand, 100 minuten of sms'jes en 1500 MB internet tijdens de Ben Prijsbewust Weken. Kijk op ben.nl. Let op. Geld lenen kost geld.